0: Walt Disney. Yes. Beloved beloved figure of our of our pop culture.
1: That's how they get you. Yada yada yada. She eventually causes her own husband to be burned to death.
0: And that makes me so happy on cold nights. It especially ended badly for the idiot Peckerwoods.
1: Have a bottle oh, of wow. scotch. Okay, that's twice that he's mentioned redheads. <laughs> it is un-American to get in the way of our freedom to restrict people's freedoms that was the okay yeah okay i know plenty about these things i love me some bobby drake yeah well if that's all we've got then we're being really lazy yeah (laughs)
0: y'all bone
1: you can literally poke a hole in it
0: as soon as someone gets pneumonia
1: well i'm not as old as you
0: well haha motherfucker i got a wizard
1: is a Geek History of Time. Welcome to the real world.
0: My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher here in Northern California, uh, getting set to uh, teach my classes in the upcoming school year uh, via the wizardry of the internet. Uh, And I am the father of a -a two-and-a-half-year-old little boy uh, who has now uh, learned uh, enough to be able to say, It's a mystery. (laughs) About things he is he is not quite able to comprehend or explain And the most wonderful thing about that is he says it with this look of utter philosophical seriousness on his face And he actually does spooky fingers when he says it (laughs) I'm not I'm not
1: sure which parent that apes more
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's a tough call (laughs) But uh, yeah so, so that's that's where I'm at right now. How are you doing?
1: I'm um, good. I'm Damian Harmony. I am a Latin teacher. Uh, feverishly recording, which I think I've said like in the last four episodes, um, content to put up because I don't trust my district to do things the right way. So I'm I'm making sure that I have everything I need to make things asynchronous. That I can also mm-hmm. adapt to being synchronous. Uh, I have an eight-year-old and a ten and a half-year-old. Uh, both of whom uh, are uh, very, very, very into playing the Star Wars West End games role-playing game. Now they started awesome. last week. They are decided nice. to be Wookiee twins um, and Jedi at that. So I set it four thousand years in the past, uh, Heck so they could yes, so they could actually fight against Sith and and like do some force powery stuff. Um, nice and not just nice. be hunted as escaped Wookiees. So,
0: yeah, yeah. No, so, I like it.
1: Yeah, they're they're yeah. over the moon about it. So I can't wait to That's uh, brilliant. Yeah, unload my bag of tricks on them. So we had a really so, good so first which which one
0: there. of them does a better Wookiee growl?
1: They're both equally terrible at it, to be perfectly okay. honest. Yeah, okay. William does not have an ear for imitation, and okay. Julia does not have. It's funny he does when it comes to tone. But it doesn't when it comes to actual sound. And Julia it could be the best in the world at it, but unless she thinks it's perfect, she ain't gonna let it out. Bummer. So they're both terrible at it. So I just yeah. downloaded the Wookie app because that's a thing okay. that exists in this world. And uh, <laughs> so yeah.
0: And see that was that was, I I actually got told back in high school I was not allowed to play a Wookie. Oh, really? by by my by my my circle of gaming friends Star Wars was, you know I've told I've talked about this in the past that like you know every every Friday or Saturday night I was like all right we're getting together what are we gonna play right all right well you know who's gonna run it Rifts. yeah who's gonna run it okay well you know if I'm running it it's got to be this or this, and uh, when we would play Star Wars um, a couple of times I said come on just let me play a Wookiee. no well, why well well come on why not because because we've heard you try to do a wookie growl and it hurts <laughs> <That's sighs> all right fine uh, yeah and so it so i wound up playing an outlaw um okay. who, who was who was the one character i played like consistently over and over and over and over again for like four years uh whereas everybody else was was bringing in kind of one-shot characters you sure know. Um. And so my character wound up being the one with the best, you know, stats of anybody in the party. Naturally, <laughs> because I had all the experience points. And so, you know, by the end of it, um, even though um, he he essentially refused to accept any kind of official rank within the within the rebel military, you know, mm-hmm. on paper he was like, you know, a corporal. Um, but, but he, but he had the tactical acumen and was essentially given the responsibilities of, you know, at least the Lieutenant commander because like, no, 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 you know what you're doing. The rest of these guys, they're chumps right. you, We were giving you the orders. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Nice. But nice. yeah, so we, we had, yeah, but yeah, no. Um, so, so based on that, I have to say that the Wookiee app is cheating. It is. I f- but well, I have I children, feel, I feel so I'm wrong. okay cheating for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, All right, fine.
1: So, yeah. yeah, it's it. You know, they're <clears> not <throat> they're not 15 with their peers; they're eight and ten with their dad. So, but yeah. I have found that, like, since we're not allowed to travel anywhere, we could, uh, you know, explore in the theater of the mind. Um,
0: uh, yeah. That's that's
1: like unfortunately it. how it has to be. So,
0: yeah. No. I like it.
1: Yeah. And just so, because we've completely given up on making things timeless. On this show, Uh, (laughs) the wall around the White House (laughs) exists, number one. Uh, It's a thing that I can say without any irony. The wall around the White House is now 13 feet high. Um, The federal troops have actually left left Portland, and the protests are remarkably peaceful all of a sudden. Um, No connection there. Imagine Uh, that. (laughs) Um, and the president like, has floated the weather balloon of, uh, well, you know, maybe we, we can't have a safe election in November. So that's that's where we you know, are.
0: You know, um, Mr. Trump, I just want to point out, as a teacher of American history, uh, there was an election in 1864.
1: Yeah, but what was going on there? During, I mean, come
0: on. <laughs> there, there was an election in 1944.
1: Yeah, but I mean that uh, – now, I would actually argue that one was less an existential problem than the one in 1864 when you had an army within, you know, 100 miles within, within, of yeah, the capital.
0: Within, within marching distance of the capital, yeah. yes.
1: But – ah, Granted. Well done. Well but, done. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I'll give you some leeway on that one.
0: Sherman, you must be joking.
1: Oh, don't stonewall, stonewall me now.
0: Ooh, nice one. That's Thank a you. long street you're marching up. <laughs>
1: God damn it! I ran out of generals. <laughs> uh man, you really, yeah, oh, you really, you know what? You are the steward of all this knowledge. You really are.
0: Oh, oh, well, well, well done, well Thank done,
1: you. well played. Yeah. Um. Oh shit. Oh. And now, and now, now, now I've now you've the... blanked. Oh, I'm McClellan. All your friends. You're gonna be so embarrassed, son
0: of a bitch! That was the name I couldn't remember.
1: <laughs> Which is funny because he wanted to be president in
0: 1864. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. I mean, I could, I could, I could remember that he was, you know, a popinjay and a and a poser, and mm-hmm. could have ended the war in '62 mm-hmm. if I'm remembering the chronology right, and and refused to actually assault Richmond because he had a big, beautiful army and didn't want to risk breaking it. Yes fucking chicken shit and of course there's also there's also the fact that you know he was not exactly pro-confederate but not exactly anti-confederate
1: right kind of like yeah if they want to leave it's it's uh... you know like
0: yeah uh-huh. yeah i went to school cool. with these
1: guys you know
0: yeah, yeah. oh lord there you know we could probably do so so for the audience uh mm-hmm. before we started recording tonight we were looking at you know what 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 are some ideas for for new you know ideas for the podcast for episodes we could do, um, and and we're getting we're getting to uh, uh, a, a phase where we're we're the ladle is getting very close to the bottom of the barrel.
1: So send and us I, ideas.
0: Scraping. So yes, please, um, <laughs> add us on Twitter with with whatever you want to hear us talk about. Um, but uh, I just realized we could spend at least one episode probably too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just, just letting me rant about what a fuckwit McClellan was.
1: I mean, honestly, we could probably look back to any episode that I've done on American History, and there's I could probably stitch together the times that you did do that and make a whole episode <laughs> out of it.
0: <laughs> well, not specifically about McClellan. I haven't picked specifically on McClellan Oh, yet.
1: there are a couple times you did. But, yeah, okay, yeah, all yeah.
0: right. So we probably got 15 minutes of material <laughs> there. But so, yeah, could yeah. have ended the war in '62. Just mm. saying, shithead.
1: So, uh, yeah, so my kids anyway, are playing Star Wars yeah. with me.
0: Yeah. All <laughs> right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're getting off the subject, uh, but you know, interestingly, mm-hmm. you mentioned that your kids are, of course, playing Jedi. Yes. And because, like, I mean, come on. Um, I that's that that was if, if I if I got the opportunity. If I was in a campaign where I could play a Jedi, usually I did. Yeah, what a shock. Uh, the guy who yeah, plays a paladin. The guy who plays a paladin in D. Yeah, I know. Big surprise. <laughs> um, and so so with with, you know, that being the case, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, that's that's appropriate because that's of course what we've been talking about for the last couple of episodes, and that's what I'm intend to tie up tonight. Yeah. Uh, Is you know what 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 the Jedi order uh, could have been sure what what, or or what could have been instead of the Jedi order if George Lucas had known anything about history right because it's always back on George Lucas night here at Geek History of Time oh absolutely we love we love the universe you created George but
1: uh... thank you now leave. Yeah, <laughs> you brought wonderful guacamole. Irish goodbye. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um so uh just just really quickly mm-hmm. uh to kind of go back over to, to kind of reintroduce kind of where we've been. Uh the Jedi of course inspired by Jidageki, the the samurai of what those of us in the west usually would refer to as samurai movies coming out right. of Japan. Uh that whole genre of period drama uh, period action flick, uh, which has as one of its branches chanbara, which is literally sword fight movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's there. It, chanbara, I I would characterize as being the Japanese version of Wu zha movies from China.
1: Okay, you know, which I, arts, would, I would I
0: would Chinese martial arts flicks.
1: I would and I would draw the parallel between those and spaghetti westerns over here in the states. And they're all I'm, happening roughly at the same time, aren't they? Uh,
0: well, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split a hair.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, with a lightsaber on mm-hmm. that, and I'm gonna say, um, rather than getting, rather than than dialing it down quite so tightly to specifically spaghetti westerns,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna say the western genre in general.
1: Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. <laughs> Uh, because Enrico Morcone and, and those guys doing that particular almost exploitation subgenre of the Western is a very specific thing. That's true. Yeah. It's got from, very from specific a very, beats. Yeah. From a very specific kind of era of, of cinema. And I mean, they all are swimming in the same pool. Yeah. For lack of a better analogy there. Um but um I think if if you're looking for the inspiration for it, you'd be better off looking at Tom Ford, Sam Peckinpah. Okay. Not Tom Ford, uh John Ford. John Ford. All right, John Ford, Sam Peckinpah, uh um, Tom Jones. Yes. Yes. Uh Tom looking, Collins. Looking, no.
1: Tom and Jerry.
0: No no <laughs> fucker Thomas so, Jane uh, <laughs> no no
1: Jane no, Curtin
0: did did, did, did no okay K job as the Punisher <laughs> but no Jane you ignorant slut <laughs> um, so but but if you're if you're looking for if you're looking for inspiration you'd want to look at it at a timeline or, or a point in time in the Western genre earlier than mm-hmm Morricone and and those guys.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um, because you know, um, Kurosawa, you know, really started uh, doing his stuff in the in the fifties and into the sixties. Right. If I'm remembering my timeline right, and uh, you know, uh, the the spaghetti westerns were notably later. Were were they? They had in turn been re invigorated re they were they were in turn borrowing visually and cinematically from uh chanbara films mm-hmm. and and you know in in that kind of kind of cyclical, cyclical circular yeah. kind of yeah. way that, that all of these genres influenced one another so but but the the Geki heroes mm-hmm. were just like the gunslingers of of you know western stories they were essentially knights errant Mm-hmm. Um, and we and, talked in a, in a and that's your Wuja
1: as well because well yeah yeah yeah
0: um, and and we mentioned in one of the last two episodes that mm-hmm. um, you know the context the cultural context for having all of these you know wandering samurai in a Ghibli movie is one of there's been a war one side won one side lost there's a whole bunch of guys who are essentially out of work mercenaries. Right or out out of work, they're knights who are now out of work and don't have anybody to work for. Right. Um, and they're operating in this weird limbo where they have these privileges because of their class, but they're impoverished and they, you know, and and they don't really have a job.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do have and, an internal code that yes. then obviates itself by the end of the film. Yeah. But yes. they are wanderers, uh, who I mean, they they don't have a centralized authority, whereas before there used to be one. Yes. Yeah, it's very Episode Four. It's very Obi Wan yes, Kenobi yes. in the desert.
0: Oh, oh yeah, immensely, yeah. immensely. And um, you know, and and so the the coming coming from that set of tropes, mm-hmm. uh, all of the Jedi are trained martial artists. They're right. all they they all know how to use a lightsaber. Um, they have the Jedi code, which is,
1: (sighs) it's very loosely defined in the films, but it does get canonized later. Um, yes. To the point where there's also a Sith code, which also gets canonized, uh, at the same time. But that here's, here's what I love about the Star Wars universe and whatnot. Um, the, let's see if I can do this. George Lucas writes the movies. Um, and then, uh, he licenses the book writes, um, I believe to Bantam, um, he tells them flat out, okay, uh, I have full control, creative control over all these characters, um, but I'm not going to micromanage. Instead, here are the guidelines. Luke can't get married. Um, no permanent romance. You can have him romance, but you better end that romance because I plan to write those sequels. He said that in 91. Oh, yeah. um, Sequels, not prequels. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you can't kill anybody major. Um, and all the books have to tie together. Then he licenses it out to very uh, to West End Games, the role playing system, yeah. the one that I'm playing with my kids. Yeah. Um, he did that in the late '80s, if I recall, yeah. maybe the early yes. '90s. Yeah.
0: It and, was it was it was late '80s because okay. I was I was playing the second edition okay. of the West End game in '91 '92.
1: Okay. So he licenses that. There is an explosion in those books um, oh, yeah. where tons of um, backfilling information, like they explain to you how the Empire works and all this, all of that was also had to be consistent with what was in the books and the novels. All mm-hmm. of it had to be internally consistent. It couldn't just be whatever. Oh, another rule he had was you can't, you cannot ever reveal the race of Yoda um, and you can't really do shit with him either. And, and most of the books were set after. Um, mm-hmm. episode, uh, six. Um, and so then in the role-playing games, you had all of this. In fact, the role-playing game is where you first have the, the, the name of the planet Coruscant. Yes. And then it bounces into Timothy Zahn's book.
0: Well, and then, and then hold on okay. because also it's in the role-playing game that I first saw anybody actually explain the timeline of how exactly did the Republic fall apart and turn into the empire. Yes which was in the Imperial, if I'm remembering right, it was yep. in the Imperial source book, yeah. which then also c- like created mm-hmm. and codified the entire fascist, uh, uh, inner workings mm-hmm. of, you know, psyops and, and oh,
2: yeah.
0: all of, all of those, all of the mili- quasi military, you know, law yeah. enforcement, you know, secret police arms, yep. multiple, secret police arms uh, of the imperium uh, and and one of those books was actually where uh, a, a friend of mine in in the Star Wars campaign he was playing in um actually played a droid character uh who was so 3so
1: okay from
0: oh uh, K2, the, K2, k2so a, k2so
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh who a, a, a repurposed Imperial. Droid. Oh, cool. And and he was specifically a destabilization droid.
1: hmm
0: Um, with split, with with effectively split personality. Okay. So most of the time he was happy, fluffy, you know, happy-go-lucky, and then uh, when anything happened, and uh, you know his his switch got flipped, he turned into a murderous computer hacker.
1: Okay. So you have. So- All of those books backfilling what's going on in the novels, and then he licenses out to um, Dark Horse, the comic books, Yes, and they decide what happened 4,000 years ago, and that's where you see the codification of the Jedi Code. There is no uh, ignorance. There is the Force. There is no, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And... um, it's and and then because of that, there's the Sith code, you know, and there is no weakness. There's the this, and then that code, and that all of this is part of the books and and part of the EU, and and people started categorizing Lucas Canon, movie Canon, book Canon, like because mm-hmm. sometimes you know, it, it, like I said, uh, he lets us play in his driveway, and sometimes he backs over our toys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but the best part though is that when he was doing. He had Dave Filoni doing the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, uh, the most recent Clone Wars cartoon. When you meet Darth Maul, he is reciting the Sith Code, which you can find in the old comics. Oh, and yeah. and there's so many things, and and that's before Lucas sold it to Disney. Then once oh. Lucas sold it to Disney, Disney was like, okay, that's all legends. But then they start plucking the best parts and just kind of reskinning yes. them. But uh, Darth Maul reciting the old Sith code was always just a huge thing to me. I was like, oh, my God. There, it, it's like the, the name of Coruscant being in episode one. You're like, oh, my God, they're legitimizing the books. Oh, yeah. But then further... Oh, yeah because this is the Sith code and he's talking about being a Sith and just, I mean, it was, it was really cool. So, oh, yeah. um, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, the, the Jedi code thing, they have the internal yeah. code. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah. it's, it's and, canonized. And
0: yeah. And, and what I was, what I was going to say about the Jedi code is, um, the, the parts of it that are most clearly inspired by Lucas or, or,
2: mm-hmm.
0: owed to Lucas are, you know, Cracker Jack box, uh, Buddhism.
1: Yeah. The patchouli without, smelling Buddhism.
0: Yeah, yeah, without without any any you know context uh, right. uh, attached to it, and and like now we're empty getting cones. Into, yeah, yes, I like it, and yeah. and now we're we're getting to kind of where again we have all of the stuff that got backfilled right in, in all of these other in all of these other areas, and then it got picked back up, and in this particular case, it got mm-hmm. picked up by Lucas and turned into. What the Jedi Order looks like in the prequels, right? And the funny thing is, we have the Jedi, Jedi,
1: mm-hmm. Gek-
0: Knight,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, who are clearly inspired by the image and the perception and the mythology, mythologization, Harry Potter. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Had a Stephen Fry moment there. Um uh but you know the 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 mythmaking of right. uh of 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 you know the wandering Ronin uh you know very clearly uh inspired what what Obi-Wan's talk about the Jedi in the original trilogy right. looked like. And then we have all this other stuff get developed and all this great, wonderful, you know, backstory and then we wind up seeing the jedi order show up right and it it winds up being this very hard left turn well as would... to what they were mm-hmm. like what they were described as being and how they operate as an organization
1: and i think in the pre- I think part of that is because the source material that Lucas had to go on was a few lines that he had written and Alec Guinness had delivered and a few lines that Yoda had delivered and a few lines that, you know, that Frank Oz and a few lines that, um, yeah. Um, but like just, there's a few lines strung throughout the original trilogy. Um, that's all you've got to go on. And he's thinking, you know what everybody would like is is for him to sound like Pauly the Puma, apparently. Um, apparently? Oh, my God. Was that supposed
0: to be Kermit? Like, or you? George
1: Lucas or Harold Ramis or oh, Pauly okay. the Puma okay. or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Imagine having a debate with them.
0: George, oh, God, must I?
1: <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is uh, you have um, uh, him saying, you know, everybody would like is to pay off what those things were. So here you got a glimpse of, you know they were they were the force of civilization for 20, for a thousand generations. What does that look like? Well, you only heard that, so then he gets to backfill it with whatever he wants. Ergo, he goes back to uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, but he does and... in some ways he is pinned into his own writing, including the part where um, he says, "You know, when I first met your father, who's already an accomplished pilot." <sighs> You know, he's, that's so wizard Annie, you know, but yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And, and all that. But like, so you had to, you had to somewhat stick to or shoehorn into, you know, the fact that a 10 year old said, I'll try spinning. That's a neat trick. And then he blew up. I
0: think, yeah, I think, I think shoehorning is a bit one shoehorning is a better verb there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I mean, yeah, we could, we could spend an awful lot of time talking about the, the narrative failures kind of involved in in the way he went about doing that I I totally understand the, the logic behind the decisions that he made mm-hmm. in on that level you're right that was yeah. like okay now I'm gonna pay off this this little bit this is what this looks like right <clears throat> but you know as I mentioned before um if if he had been a little bit more Number one, open to the other stuff people had written about the Jedi. <clears throat> you know, True. the whole the, the whole Xarkoon saga and and the way yep. you know tutelage worked from master to pupil and 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 you know decentralized structure you know in the four thousand five thousand years before the Republic you mm-hmm. know or before before Yavin. Um, you know, if if he had paid attention to that, he could have gone with something that looked like <laughs> that spun forward. <laughs> You know, a couple of thousand years. Mm-hmm. You you've you've had an idea that's I, always dangerous. I, it
1: is no, it's actually it's a it's a funny aside, and you're gonna you're gonna hate and love it. Um, okay. Star Wars uh, typically before uh, Disney bought it out um, categorized things, and I thought it was in a dumb way, and it was at the Battle of Yavin. So it was Bby. Yeah. Aby. Before the Battle yes. of Yavin, after the Battle of Yavin. And to me, that always bothered me because, like, you should do it from when the Emperor died because that's when the Empire starts to crumble. But whatever. Okay. Makes sense. But BBY absolutely made me think of BBW. And okay. it was my mom's birthday just this last week. And we were all on a Zoom call with the whole family. And I've oh, got no. Michigan family and, 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 uh, Florida family in multiple generations. And so I absolutely dog whistled to my generation, but my, you know, because as family gets together, they talk about the weather, uh, which when you're in Florida and in Michigan and California, it's just so fascinating. Um, and then, (laughs) and then they talk about, um, pests and everybody had a pest story. And my, my cousin or no, my uncle, Was having trouble with a bat, and uh, he he was having trouble like you know catching the bat and and stuff like that, and uh, then somebody else had mentioned that they were having trouble with um, like I I forget like mosquitoes were in the wall or something like that or I I didn't quite pay much attention because it's just pests, Um, and then uh, and then I was like well you know and then there's also wasps. And they say, oh, God, yeah. And they go on and on about wasps. I said, they're especially a problem in Michigan. But, you know, I I hear they're problematic everywhere. Um, And my brother gets it, you know. And then I said.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, of course your brother gets it, yeah.
1: But but then, you know, my grandma's there. She's 93. And my, you know, and I've got several other members of the family who are similarly naive. And so I said, (laughs) you know, if you guys are looking for pest removal, if you go to Craigslist and you just type in BBW, looking for bbw um you'll get exactly what you need and
0: (laughs) that so so here's the question did your brother actually have to turn his camera and his mic off
1: he does such a good job of no selling things um but you could see the look on his and his wife's face. <laughs> um, they knew what I was doing, and, and one of my was, cousins, and that was,
0: and that was all the payoff you needed. Oh yeah,
1: and one of my cousins, he was laughing his ass off, and my other, one of my other cousins, she got it, which I was kind of proud of her. Um, but uh, and just like wanting to see how far the dog on the chain can run, kind of thing with this. You know? <laughs> so, so I'm hoping that. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs>
1: so, so evil. now, unfortunately, uh, before the Battle of Yavin is ruined for me.
0: I um, <laughs> I just want to point out it's your own fault. Yeah, <laughs> you ruined it, just like Star Wars fans have done forever.
1: Oh, ow, ow! <laughs> You're not wrong.
0: So oh, okay, not yeah. forever, not forever, not forever. Only since the beginning of the newest trilogy, I'm going to say.
1: But no, that's no? just when it was most obvious. But people, okay. people bullied the shit out of Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Yeah, as soon yeah, as no, as soon true. as it yeah. stopped okay. being okay. the empty vessel and George yeah. Lucas started filling in the vessel, people yeah. had a huge problem with it.
0: Yeah, I know. You're right. OK, yeah. never mind. So, OK. Good anyway, you. So, so back to your back to your and... story. Yeah.
1: Uh, The, the okay. Jedi BBW. So,
0: so, you know, the Jedi, the Jedi could have been, um, you know, the the, you know the the what we saw in the xarkun and the legends of the jedi stories yes. moved forward by you know 3000 years but what we wind up seeing is the jedi order which mm-hmm. has these very rigid rules and this very strict kind of hierarchy and right. you know well you know the council doesn't like that and it's not like they hunt heretics down right. but it's really clear like if you run afoul of the council you know, your persona non grata and, you know, and, and, you know, stuff just, it, it, it makes your life a lot more difficult.
1: Well, and it also is like way too bureaucratic. Like you have to be a certain level of master to be able to access the, you know, the library at certain levels. Like it's just ridiculous.
0: And I mean, on a certain level, when you're dealing with, okay, uh, you have an order of, you know, combative wizards, I can kind of understand, like, okay, no, look, we don't want you to hurt yourself or anybody else, like, with with getting access to stuff that you're not ready for or haven't been trained in how to use responsibly. I can understand that, but I, I do I do totally get what you're saying. It's, it's like too well, dogmatic. But, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, no. Um, and and so we have this, as you say, very dogmatic, very very rigid,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, very high bound organization that is that has this really bizarre like quasi official relationship to the republic government yeah you know like, like like they get they get deputized to go do shit on yes. behalf of the republic government and it's like like as 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 members of the jedi order we're sending you on this diplomatic mission on you know and it's like
1: to deal with a trade dispute <laughs>
0: To deal to deal with the trade dispute and it's like, I mean, I can I can understand how it might be a thing for the Republic to turn to the order as a non governmental organization
2: mm-hmm.
0: and say, for example, we need you to send watchmen. Yeah. You know, we, we want we, we would like it. We're asking you the favor of can you send a watchman
2: mm-hmm.
0: again, I'm going back to the Xarkun saga, can you send a Jedi watchman to Naboo?
1: Right. Or a mediator? Can you even medi- or,
0: yeah, just, just like
1: a, an, a a a non and one that we both agree on. Like they even talk about that okay. in the books. Joris Sabath he he would insert himself as a mediator, <laughs> like yeah. you, you know, a little too much. But um, but yeah, like if you're going to be a mediator, be it make it like a real mediator where you yeah. are. Um, what am I thinking? Like you are approved by both groups as a third party. Yeah.
0: Uh, you're you're a neutral. You're a neutral. Yes honest you're an honest dealer
1: you're not an agent of one side
0: yeah you're not yeah Yeah. but but when they but when they show up to naboo Mm -hmm. they're there in a republic gunship yeah like a military vessel Mm -hmm. which okay wait you know i mean there's there's just there's all these layers where like (sighs) this relationship doesn't make sense and and, and the order is this very specific thing and and you know they've taken the idea of non-attachment and detachment and emotionlessness and all of this to this to this ridiculous kind of extent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like here's the deal: it it would be one thing to say do not act in anger, mm-hmm. but to say suppress all of your anger, do not be angry, is destructive and unhealthy yes anger gets, anger gets shit done man y- yeah and like, and like yeah you know when when you i mean like like to say when you ignite your lightsaber mm-hmm. you can't do it because you're pissed off
1: that would be would different be one
0: thing yeah would be would be one thing would be would be reasonable but you know to anyway According, yeah. according to the 308 rule, if you have a lightsaber and there are slaves, you need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and, more. And,
1: Well, if there are slaves and you are on a world where slavery is seen as bad, where it's not just baked into the... Like, I kind of am okay. Actually, no, I take it back because Star Wars doesn't have a prime directive. Never mind. No,
0: no. Star yeah, Wars does Star not Wars does have a prime directive. directive. Yeah. Don't give so, a shit. So...
1: So but, you're right. You're right. If you have a lightsaber and there are slaves, you do something about that. And if you don't, yeah. it's because you're going to go get more to go do it the right way or something.
0: Yeah. Or or like we're literally like the explanation in in episode one could have been mm-hmm. we are we, we are on the run right now. Yeah, that would have been so easy. And if we do and if we do anything yeah. to, you know, attract undue attention we could get ourselves killed and the princess killed and all this right. other bad shit's going to happen. And, like, no, we can't. That's, like, a catastrophe. And it is it is disgusting that we can't do anything about it. But right now we just
1: can't. Right, yeah. But we will be back. Like,
0: like But, like, we're definitely going to report this to, to mm-hmm. republic authorities. And we're going to make sure something gets done about this shit.
1: Well, they do have to, a to, line... To just, They do have a line in episode one where where she says, I can't believe they still have slavery. And she's like, we're so far from the public, they don't care. Shmi says that. So that takes care of that. But you're right, saying, I will be back or we will come back and deal with this. But, you know, and you could easily, because the, the writing that he did do was, I didn't come here to do that, actually. And it's like, well, motherfucker, like, you... You, you pay attention yeah. to living force, don't you? Like, yeah. How can you be the guy who's always like, you know, just trust your instincts, don't think, just do, and then yeah. you turn around, and you're like, well, you know, it's not according to my plan. So yeah. Which
0: is like, which is like shitty zen, like to begin with. But yeah. Yeah.
1: But like, so, so yeah, I I agree with you, right. and and I would say that also, they they are so. I think deputized is really the best word there. They're so deputized and co opted. By the very government that is ultimately, they're they're sitting there going like, well, you know, we 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 sense a plot to destroy us. There's you know, there's all these other things that are interfering on some levels. Um, mm. That they that their their position of power is inherently dependent on the government yeah. by virtue of the fact that they don't just have an annex office in Washington D.C. They have the Capitol <laughs> building, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. so, so, and, and, you know, so, so that's, that's what we see
2: mm-hmm. when,
0: when Lucas sits down and codifies, okay, this, this is, this is what the Jedi Order looks like. Mm-hmm. That's what we wind up getting. And it's kind of problematic as, as all fuck on like a number of levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, the thing is, I'm, I'm going to get into what that actually looks an awful lot like out of history. But first, I, I would I like to, I would like to
1: furnish a guess on that before you do. So tell me when to guess.
0: Okay, go ahead and guess now.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Uh, it sounds to me and again with my very limited knowledge of this period of time, but honestly it sounds to me like a Franciscan monastery close enough to Rome that they actually get letters.
0: Um you're very very close hey okay cool anyway back you to you are very close. okay so however i'm, I'm actually to gonna go else. yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put out an alternative idea yeah of, please. of what jedi could have looked like um and and i gotta i gotta talk so so i'm gonna i'm gonna the example i'm going to talk about mm-hmm. is from the holy roman empire okay in in starting in the very late 1400s up into the early 1700s into into the 17th and very early 18th century. Okay. Um, and I got to talk a little bit about historic European martial arts uh, before I get there. So, like I mentioned before,
1: <laughs> this is like when I say, "Well, now I have to talk about pro wrestling."
0: A little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to take up like the rest of the episode with this i mean like you know a third of the, episode the episode is young. probably but you know yeah <laughs> so so um in asian traditions mm-hmm. of of martial arts um and and i think weapon arts maybe in particular mm-hmm. but i'm that's kind of a guess the lineage of schools of martial arts is is a really big deal um uh, very much so during you know the pre-modern period, and even to this day,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, practitioners of some arts uh, can get really heated with each other over whether a particular school is legitimate or not, based on whether the line of teaching went from the master to the first student or the second student. Right. You know, or how that got handled. Which student got the scrolls? Which student got you know what relic? You know, right. was it passed on from father to son, or was it you know passed on from uh,
1: Sifu to student? Instead yeah. of like Sifu to his own son, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and I mentioned that a little bit talking about uh Nitchen uh, Yeah. Uh, last last episode. Um, and so this this isn't really like universal, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of in the background of those of those arts. Uh, and uh, it's it's in some ways, and uh, in, in the way those lineages kind of develop, and the way those arts kind of develop. Uh, is mirrored in the way that um, Chinese philosophies uh, kind of developed f- from Confucianism. Uh, you wound up having Makes Confucius sense. had had all of his students and then there was like mainline Confucianism
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you had another group of students uh, you know one 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 of his students you know taught somebody who became the teacher to Tzu, who then founded Moism which right. took Confucianism and said no no um, the family isn't most important. The state isn't most important. All humanity is most important. Right. And pacifism is crucial. And the only good war is a defensive war. And so, like most scholars actually became um, uh, siege engineers, defensive specifically defensive siege engineers. Okay. Uh, because because of their their philosophy's intense belief that you know the only the only reason to fight a war was in self defense against an aggressor
1: so yeah logically the only thing you could do in a war would be yeah that makes sense
0: yeah so and then and then go another few generations down the line and you get to han fei mm-hmm. who develops legalism okay which which, yeah. which winds up which, which which is very clearly a response to confucianism but it's been transmitted through five or six or eight generations. and Han Fei- Tzu basically says, Confucius got these things right, but he was basically immoral in that he placed the family over the state. The state is everything, the ruler is everything. Um, and and legalism was the philosophy of the first Qin Emperor who unified China. Um, and it was an incredibly harsh system that, actively hunted down Confucianist scholars. Wow. Because, because they, so it was like going full Sith, like right <laughs> from, a, from yeah. a Confucian standpoint, it was, it was full Palpatine.
1: So I got a question uh, for you. Like, did yeah. Confucian scholars dress a certain way or was it just like you could tell by the schools that they had?
0: Uh, you, you could tell by the schools they had um, okay. scholars, scholars in general tended to dress a certain way. Confucians had, had, I, I mean, to call it a uniform would be a bit much, but yeah, there were, there, there were, uh, traditions and things that they, that they okay. did and they had that were, that were ways of being recognized. Okay, and so, yeah, like, so, and... so Confucian, Confucian books and mm-hmm. scrolls were rounded up and burned on mass. Uh, I mean, it was, it was really, it was nuts. It was, it was full on. Several centuries BC, you know, mm-hmm. fascism. Like, and did it,
1: that did that lead to a lot of um, like unrest or instability, or did it actually stabilize? Oh,
0: oh it, it led to the rest of the Qin emperor's lifetime being um, peaceful and unified under the crushing heel of of the Qin dynasty, and then the Qin emperor died mm-hmm. of mercury poisoning.
1: Right. But, um, like, was it, was it, like, it, it sounds like, though, it was super Iron Fist keeping yes. everybody happy or
0: calm. No. Keeping everybody under control.
1: Under control. Okay. So, it was, all right. So, this anti-Confucian didn't lead to confusion. Um, yeah. No, and no, no, the no, no. the Chin Emperor ground everybody under his heel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, then until, and then there was until. a second chin emperor So now you've doubled your chin emperors So they have a double chin emperor um, yeah. Grinding everybody under their heel uh, To the confusion of nobody Yes, precisely Alright
0: Well done Thank you Well done Thanks um,
1: I, I don't think it was a gold medal I think it was a quick route to a silver medal
0: I, I'd Just say so Quick to yeah, the I silver so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fuck you Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, that one was good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. So, so, in in the West. Yes. In in Western martial traditions, there are definitely schools mm-hmm. of practice and theory. Uh, Lichtenauer, Meyer, and Fiore are kind of three of the biggest names uh, who were authors in the early modern period who wrote fighting manuals Mm -hmm. in German because I'm a Meyerite, So everything I do is in German rather than Italian. So fetch book, fetch book,
1: right? That's, that's where they, they fight to see who can grab the book the quickest. Yes, Yes. Precisely. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, and so, um, so each of them had their own system. They had different things that they emphasized. And so hemotypes more studied than I uh, can and do have very intense detailed debates over the strengths and weaknesses of each system uh, Which one is the most authentic? Uh, Etc.
1: And they have magnetic weapons because they're made of hemotype Yes, yeah
0: Yes, yes, so polarity is a very important part of any kind of fencing stance yes, and, No, yeah. the north side south side of your blade. Exactly. No yeah. No <laughs> So, um, now, now what's interesting is in the modern era, Mm -hmm. all of these schools are something that we are working to try to reconstruct. Um, and, and we're, we're rediscovering things as a community from all of these manuals. And so the, the intensity of, of vitriol between you know, Fiori guys yep. and Meyer guys and Lichtenauer guys. I'm
1: sorry. You're saying Fiori guys. Yeah. Oh, Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. I <laughs> missed it. Yeah. You know, it's then the funny thing is they're really hard to miss at tournaments because they all have the spiky hair. Exactly. And uh, you know. they've
1: set themselves on fire just at the bottom yeah. of their tunics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's his forehead, folks.
0: <laughs> um, so, so the 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 disciples, as it were, of Fiore versus Meyer versus Lichtenauer, uh-huh. um, are, are are have have these debates about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But but because we're all trying to take what it is that these guys wrote and kind of rebuild it
1: mm-hmm. in
0: practice, we don't have the living tradition of Asian arts to carry the. Oh well, you know, three generations ago, you know that guy fucked our master over, and so you know we remember that, and so you know we right. have this we we have have this institutional grudge that's like this real rivalry
2: mm-hmm.
0: that I mean I'm not saying is like endemic, but it it is it is part of the lore
2: mm-hmm.
0: in those in those cultures, and it and it doesn't exist in, with anything like the same intensity uh, in Western in in Western traditions because. There's no there's no chain of memory like that, Uh, but there are there are debates and rivalries, and we give each other a hard time. You know, my uh, my my fencing instructor, of course, always says, "You know, this is a friendly match, so no stabbing, unless the other guy's from an Italian school." (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. You know, Uh, and I'm actually going to get into there's some distinctions in period about stabbing versus slashing that are important, but I'll get to that later. Um, I, I should note, of course, that of those three main schools, Meyer is, of course, the best one,
2: mm. obviously. Naturally.
0: Uh, give a shout out to the Meyer Freifetcher Guild, uh, Region Six. Was ist oben mein Volk? Um, and yeah, I totally know. I just butchered the German there, but whatever. Uh, what's okay. up, my people?
1: But apparently, the Italian fencers do that regularly. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> 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 no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they poke holes.
1: Uh put, Okay.
0: Stabby, stabby, stabby. Doom. Italian stuff is a lot more stabby.
1: Gotcha. Well, and that's why uh, you you guys are more able to just kind of endure things. And after an hour, you've defeated them. That's why it's called licked an hour.
0: Licked an hour. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah.
1: Nice. So I have a question so, for you. You okay. you you have a, a good deal of ties to your Scottish heritage. Yes. Why didn't you go into any kind of Scottish fencing club because. or anything like that? because
0: mm-hmm. um <laughs> the short answer uh anybody anybody with Scottish heritage in the audience is going to get a laugh out of the short answer because Culloden um anybody who doesn't have Scottish heritage um that's that's the battle where the Scottish Highlanders were crushed by the redcoats
2: okay
0: uh ending ending the the Jacobite rebellion uh effectively um and and uh putting an end to the to the highland way of life
2: mm-hmm.
0: um And the the longer version is um, There are manuals that talk about fighting with the broadsword specifically
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but um, The the way that a highlander actually fought with a targ and a dirk and a broadsword Mm -hmm. um, Now a targ
1: is the shield that has the 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 knife on it Yes,
0: yes Yeah. Uh, Yeah And, uh, very frequently what would happen is you'd be gripping, you'd have the, the shield on your, on your left forearm, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, it may or may not have a spike sticking out in the center of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then in that hand, uh, usually held point downward, mm-hmm. you would then have your Dirk, right. which is, is essentially a short sword, mm-hmm. like D and D stats call called dirk slash dagger a dirk. A dirk should be a short sword.
1: Yeah, it's like a long it's, knife. It's, yeah.
0: yeah, it's 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 a sizable blade. Yeah. And so you'd have that in inside the shield. So you'd you'd swing the shield to block and then you could potentially, you know, try to try to stab with that dirk at the same time.
2: Sure.
0: You'd fight with it in, in very many ways the same way that Vikings would fight with or Saxons I should say would fight with a seax uh in an earlier time period because they're descended the Dirk is descended from the Saxs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um those those arts were essentially lost. Okay. Because everybody who fought that way got crushed under the heel of the British Army, um, effectively. And when scots then joined the british army in order to be allowed to wear tartan as part of their uniform and have that connection to their culture Mm -hmm. they were then taught how to fight like line infantry gotcha which was with a musket and a bayonet and the highland charge and broadsword and targ and all that disappeared gotcha and the kind of the dirty little secret of, of HEMA schools is that the biggest differences between all of us aren't like we use different moves. It's what gets emphasized differently between us. Okay. Um, you know, there's this, there's this vast difference in, in unarmed martial arts, like, <laughs> sorry, you know, the differences you just
1: mentioned in... a part of a penis. Okay. Well, I mean, when you're doing the Highland Charge and you show your kilt, you show off your Vast Deference, so...
0: Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> and you show them your Dirk, you know, and it's it's yeah. usually been muddy there, so there's more clay on it, so you're showing off your clay nice. more than anything else.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you. Well done, yeah. well done. And then you're going to go um, use it on
1: your woman later on, so it's your broad sword.
0: All right, <laughs> all right, you're... you're... Wow. You're in, you're in, you're in some kind of form. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, what I, what I was, what I was getting to was, you know, the the differences between one school and another school in, in European arts tend much more to be, well, this one is like, no, no, you're in a fight, use everything. So, like I'm going to teach you how to do this with a sword but when you get in close you're just going to throw the guy to the ground and you know beat the shit out of him yeah. because kick him know, a lot
1: while he's down yeah, yeah
0: yeah kick him a lot while he's down here's here's the wrestling moves you need to use uh you know whereas you know with with others like Italian schools mm-hmm. uh, emphasize you know the point because it's tends to be faster sure you know and and so so the, the differences are Emphasis rather than actually like a different art. Okay. Um. And so, you know. So, so there, there are all these, there are these different, different traditions. But it's it's really crucial to our subject at hand that throughout Europe there were literally guilds mm-hmm. of fencers in early modern Europe. I'm going to focus on two of them right now. Uh, the Marx Brooders. And I'm just waiting for them, not. <laughs> Okay. And and the fader fetchters. Yeah. Okay. And
1: I I do recall there was a conflict between them <clears throat> over the uh, the the fetchters and uh, the duck supers.
0: Yes. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Thank I was you. waiting for it. I knew mm-hmm. I knew okay. those were coming. How could I not? So like <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. No I know. I know. So so to get to them, I need to talk about the lansnecht. Are you familiar with who the Lonsnacks were?
1: I think that was a group in a uh, Dr. Seuss book.
0: Is that? Okay. Sneeches? So, no. 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 So, I'm (laughs) going to go, no. All right. It's rare that
1: I see you actually perturbed, and I clearly have gotten a little (laughs) under your skin with this.
0: uh, Yeah. So. Only a little, but yeah. wow, you're, yeah. you're again, you're in some kind of form tonight. Uh. <laughs> so, so in, in the 1480s, uh, the man who was later on going to become, uh, the Holy Roman, Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian the first, okay. um, needed a bunch of soldiers because he wanted to give the Belgians and the Dutch a lesson in proper manners. Um, they were, uh, making all this noise about their their rights and mm-hmm. their freedoms and leave like, it to no, the Dutch look, to think about rights. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. So you know, and and so he needed to go in there and and you know beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he needed a bunch of soldiers. Um, and so the mercenary in in order to get those soldiers, because mm-hmm. as a as a ruler in a feudal state, you know one of the biggest limitations you have on your Ability to raise an army is, you know, how many how many nobles actually are there in your kingdom? At a given time,
1: right people who can actually levy troops for you.
0: Yeah Yeah, yeah. and and so he just said no, you know what I'm sending a call out to all able-bodied men Mm -hmm. Across the empire. I will pay you cashy money To come to 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 join the army and, Mm -hmm. and come, you know, teach the Belgians and the Dutch a lesson and so essentially we, we see uh, an, an evolution in the way that um, military, military science kind of starts working at this point because, you know, this is the 1480s. So by this time, uh, firearms and gunpowder have been around for a while, but they're still not ubiquitous. They're still not the primary weapon right. of the of common soldier. But what we have seen is more and more and more and more over time We've seen that massed pikemen
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Have become the the kind of the standard of an army is now made up mostly of Ordinary soldiers with you know 12 to 14 foot long sticks with big metal points on the ends of them Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're 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 ordinary men not, they're not knights. they're not people who have trained from the age of seven to be you know horseback military machines. They're not they're not you know tanks basically right. Uh, but you you now have large armies of men who are fighting for money.
1: Okay? Do these men, by the way, uh, do they have armor on?
0: Generally speaking, mm-hmm. not very much if any, um in a in a in a pike square you might have um you you might have somebody with it would it would depend like there's light infantry and there's heavy infantry
2: mm-hmm.
0: some of them the ones that are particularly well equipped that are particularly like elite are going to have a cuirass okay uh, they might they might have like a mail vest everybody's going to have heavy gauntlets on everybody's you know they they may be wearing buff coats okay um, you so know, quilted and,
1: at yeah, best probably.
0: usually, yeah, quilted or, okay. or what you might call kind of soft leather armor. Um, okay. and, and you're going to see, you know, helmets probably more often than not because sure. you want to, you want to, you know, protect your brain bucket. But, um, so they're, they're, they're ordinary soldiers and so they're, they're equipped with, you know, whatever the best thing is you can afford a lot of at once. And so they were raised like militia or even as militia. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what we see a lot of is guilds
2: Mm -hmm.
0: forming and sponsoring military units. Okay. So there'd be the Lansnacks who were raised by the Butcher's Guild. There'd be the Lansnacks who were raised by the Baker's Guild or the Glassmaker's Guild. Okay. Okay. And so he he sends out this call, and he gets a huge response, and we have the beginning of, of the Lansnacht tradition. And he has plenty of able-bodied men mm-hmm. who are now willing to go beat up the Flemish and the Hollanders for pay, because like, that sounds like fun, right? Sure. Um, what he needed next was a group of professionals to train them. Okay. Because a pike mm-hmm. is actually a pretty complicated weapon to handle. It's, it's 10 to 12 feet long, or right. sometimes longer. And if you're going to handle it in a pike square, you have to know how to move as a unit. You have to know how to, you know, this is the beginning of drill, as we know it today right. in any military, you know. Well, because start, you're industrializing
1: the process right. to some level, yeah. you're or you're democratizing it, rather. Instead of you have to, the Romans did this, too. Instead of you have to be able to afford to go fight... Which means you're going to send your richest out to fight. Which means if you're going to go fight, you'd better make it worth it. Um, yeah. Now you can just call up peasants, um, but the 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 trade off is you do have to train them, and you do yeah. have to to do that. And now your attacking strategies need to be boiled down to the most simplest, easiest to teach um, to large groups of people practice. So that that yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah. that you're starting to see drill. Um, Because you didn't see drill in Rome. Well, you saw drill in Rome once you started um, having a a senator outfitting an entire century. Then he's got to take care of that century. Um, But when it was just your best citizens, your richest citizens, then you didn't necessarily have drill because they were expected to do that shit on their own.
0: Well, when when you have enough... Wealth in reserve that you don't have to dig in the dirt or do a job to survive, right? You can spend the time to mm-hmm. be a full-time warrior. Yes And that's not what at first anyway, that's not what these guys were right? Okay, and so now now Max has uh, plenty of able-bodied men ready to go do this for him need somebody to train him. Um, and a a guild, a fencing guild mm-hmm. called the Brothers of St. Mark had been founded in 1487. And Max granted them the special right to certify masters of the long sword. Okay, they were these these guys, this this was a group of fencers who had established a reputation as being guys who knew what they were doing. Okay. And so Maximilian gave them the imperial license or the imperial seal mm-hmm. said, these are my guys for this thing. And it was, if the Marx brooders,
2: mm-hmm.
0: brothers of St. Mark, mm-hmm. uh, give you the, the certificate that you are a master of the longsword, then you know they, you know your shit.
1: So that's two layers yeah. of bureaucracy right there, though. Yeah. He's going to them and he's saying, you are all my certifiers now, you know, yeah. keep up your skills, but also you from now on can certify. And then whoever you certify, they can go around and teach. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's.
0: So here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the brothers of St. Saint, saint Mark is the patron saint of furriers. These guys had initially been uh, attached to the guild of furriers. Now they're professional swordsmen and masters. If you wanted to get paid as a doppelsoldner, Okay, so so now we gotta talk about different roles as a Lonsnek. So when you signed when you when you signed on to get paid to go, you know, kill Dutchmen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you you were an ordinary soldier. Your your main weapon was a pike
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you would probably carry a backup short sword. Ah, uh, that was a relatively straight-bladed, uh, slashing short sword. Okay. And your primary job in a fight was to stand next to, you know, three hundred of your best friends, mm-hmm. um, and and essentially fight in much the same way that the Spartans and the Athenians had fought. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds you know, like a
1: phalanx or a maniple.
0: Very, very much like yeah. that. Yeah. And and you know, hit hit the other pike line and stab and push. Right okay so what uh well yes yeah 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 yeah. 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 Uh, because you're uh, also going to be able
1: you're also going to be able to disrupt cavalry charges with your pikemen yeah yes so you're nerfing that Uh, as
0: long as as long as as long as you're in you're in good good order Yes. right right and so so the thing is now okay so if, if i'm if i'm in Charge of a bunch of guys with long pointy sticks and we're gonna be running at another group of guys with long pointy sticks How am I going what am I going to do to get myself an advantage over that other group of guys with long pointy sticks? That doesn't that doesn't involve like set up before the battle like like what am I right. what am I to do to try to win the fight Once it actually turns into a fight.
2: Okay. Well
0: the solution the solution the Germans came up with was they had guys named doppelsoldners and they were called that because they got double pay.
1: Okay. Oh, and and knowing my Roman history, I can imagine where they were placed.
0: <laughs> right up front. Yeah. Way, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, not just right up front, yeah. way out front. Yeah. Um, a double soldier <clears throat> carried a longsword, mm-hmm. something between a longsword and a montante. So, in D and D terms, we're talking about something between a bastard sword and a great sword, mm-hmm. or two-handed sword. And always wielded with two hands. And your job was to run out ahead of your unit on Mm -hmm. the battlefield and use that big honking sword to cut the heads off of the enemy's pikes. Right. So your buddies are going to be running at them with pointy sticks, and they're just going to have
1: sticks. They're going to have pool cues.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: And you're like, ow, that bruised, and you're all dead. That really
0: bruised, and you're bleeding out. Yeah, Yeah, basically. And and now so here's the thing. But like, how do you get qualified to be a double soldier? You have to get tested. You actually have to get a certificate showing that you've learned enough about how to use a longsword oh
1: to be trusted.
0: You... Oh. To be trusted with one.
1: Can you imagine the professional development? seminar for that though you're like jesus christ can... look i already know how to do most of this just show me like the quick keys that i need to hit so that yeah, you like, can sign my like, thing at the end like do i really have to sign at the God, end of the I thing too like,
0: you know what i'll tell you what yeah. look I've, I've done this i've done this three times before already right. like i gotta do this every other year so <laughs> like i'll just be i'll just be in the back you know reading dante yeah like you know Writing I'm, I'm gonna work on Can my costume
1: just... for the sex party after because yeah, clearly yeah. all of you are also furriers. So yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> furriers, not furries, furriers. Oh,
1: oh, oh, so I'm gonna work on my my Wookiee costume because it's furrier. Yeah. Than, nice, yeah. nice. Well done.
0: Yeah. Well done. So. so so anyway, if you wanted to get if you wanted to get that job. Mm-hmm. Because like who wouldn't right right double the pay crazy yeah well yeah if you were if you were desperate or crazy enough to want that job you had to go through
1: you also have a culture that's created of like that position is the bravest position though oh yeah yeah being at the front like that like oh look at that guy he's a he's the Romans called it the um the first spear
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that that is some serious fucking honor you know and and yes you get double pay. But Linus
0: primus pilum
1: yeah primus pilum.
0: primus primus pilum yeah. yeah i mean it's essentially the same thing mm-hmm. Um and like you know no trouble getting laid ever
1: no well because like, you've got the best for your outfit there yeah. is so, <laughs> you
0: know. oh and 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 so um also since we're talking about land next um and you know getting laid mm-hmm. it's worth noting that uh, the tradition or the the fashion that we see developing into the 1500s of puffed and slashed clothing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you have multiple layers, yes, with you know, big puffy sleeves, and then you've got another sleeve underneath that, and you've got right. you know cuts in it to show off the the interior fabric. <laughs> that's that's actually developed from um, uh, lansnacked running they off were... into battle and their clothes getting fucked up.
1: That's what I had a feeling. Yeah that makes sense it's
0: so so let's let's talk about mating plumage shall we <laughs>
1: <laughs> no shit um uh, wow. so
0: and and also mm-hmm. um commentary from the time period uh churchmen actually complained about how garish and loud the colors were
1: oh i remember that uh, yeah yes
0: you know, it's 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 unseemly and ungodly, and you know, I'm like, oh my, oh you know, um, and well, yeah, no, I'm making I'm making enough money I can afford you know fancy clothes. I'm going to show off, man.
1: Yeah, I'm um, the original cross color shirts, you
0: know. Kind of, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and so, if you wanted to get a certificate in order to teach other people
2: mm-hmm.
0: as a fencing master, you wanted to make a living doing that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you had to get certified as a master by the Marks Bruder. Um, and if you wanted to compete in a fencing tournament to win some prize money, which is you know the nightly tournament democratized, right um, you, you the people holding the tournaments were the Marxburgders.
1: So, so they're running so everything Marshall in that. Oh area. yeah.
0: Oh yeah well yeah so so Maximilian uh, got a reliable professional group of weapons masters to train his soldiers. And, and not just in the sword, but also in uh, the pole axe, uh, the rapier. The I think they're uh, called the Polish. I don't think
1: that that's the proper term. No. <laughs> okay, so. No, you're right. Uh, how many halberds does, halberds does it take to screw English in a light bulb? <laughs> So you know speaking of garish clothing by the way my my yeah. students I always show them um, I always tell them I'm like okay on your phones right now because we talk about Caesar invading Helvetia and all this I always tell them like they are badass fighters and they have a history of badass fighting for the last2,000 years and I say if you don't believe me look up the Vatican Guard look up the Swiss guard of the Vatican oh, and yeah. recognize that those were the Baddest asses in the continent, and they all look them up. They're like, "What the fuck kind of clothing are they wearing?" I'm like, "They can do that because they will whoop your ass." And I said, <laughs> and, "And the reason, <laughs> the reason that they whoop your ass," I said, "Look at that weapon." And they look at it. And they're like, "Oh, that's really tall." I'm like, "Not only that, but look at it. It's got an axe, and it's got a spike, and it's got a hammer, and it's got a magnifying glass, and a fork, and a corkscrew, and it." <laughs> And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's a Swiss Army pole arm. And they're just like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> so, so they respond the same way that everybody else does. Yes. what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so um, but yeah, no, the, the Vatican Guard were, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, like the baddest of the baddest, the mm-hmm. hardest of the hard. Yeah. Right, yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, back to your disparaging so, comments on so, people of Eastern European descent.
0: No, man. No. You,
1: you said pole axe. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. For the record, Ed has nothing wrong or nothing against the Polish people. Uh yep, and, and, and Not at all. He has no problem with that. He was calling out a weapon. Uh, yes. Called the yes. pole hyphen axe. Yeah. There you go.
0: Because it's it's an axe on a long stick. So um, but so anyway, they they were they were the the teaching masters with, with the greatest cachet Mm -hmm. in the Holy Roman empire. Um, and they, they wound up teaching an awful lot of people how to fence, like based on what, what we think of today, it's actually a surprisingly large number. Uh, because if you lived, if you lived in a town Mm
2: -hmm.
0: as an able-bodied man, you were expected to fight to defend your home in the militia. Okay. Like, as a citizen of a town in the Holy Roman Empire, if you were able bodied, you know, between the age of fifteen and you know,
1: 50, fifty, yeah,
0: you know, you you were in the militia, and and if the town came under attack, you were going to go to the armory, you were going to grab, you know, right a polearm, and you know, or a cross and or a crossbow, and mm-hmm. you know, man the walls and whatever. All, um, if you wanted to get some pocket money and see the world, you'd sign up as a lansquenet. And and get paid, you know, as a as a full time soldier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if you weren't going anywhere, mm-hmm. and even if your community wasn't under attack, as a member of the community in one of these towns in the Holy Roman Empire, you were expected to act as a night watchman periodically.
1: Right, like that was a job. Yeah. That
0: was a job that got passed around amongst the citizenry. Right, and you had to know. How how you know the right end of you know wh- which one was the right end of a weapon to point at the other guy? You you had to know how to hand you know you were expected as mm-hmm. a dude to at least know a little bit about how to handle a sword, and there were actually laws on the books because of this in different towns, uh, listing penalties
1: mm-hmm.
0: for male citizens who were not able to equip themselves to do these things. Okay, so so you'd face a financial civil penalty for not owning a sword. And if you're going to own it, then you better know how to use it.
1: So it's the original poll tax.
0: Uh, yes, in a way. Uh, so now, moreover, um, getting into a fight with a sword
2: mm-hmm.
0: wasn't always a jailing offense. Okay. Uh, so so we, we have to remember when we're talking about these time periods we're, we are talking about a very different culture and very different attitudes toward violence in particular yes. in this, yes. in this context, the threshold of violence was much, 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 much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, the value of life and, was lower too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, and so in, in a city in Germany, well, mm-hmm. modern day Germany, you know, Russia Saxony you know any, any of those you know, all the principates duchies, yeah. uh, any of the principates uh, generally speaking um, if you got into a fight and somebody got hit in the head with a sword mm-hmm. um, there might be a fine
1: yeah a uh, Wehrgeld but,
0: yeah well I mean yeah. effectively yeah uh, it was it was more somewhat more codified by this time than, than Wehrgeld but it was basically the same kind of idea right and, and you know if you got into a fight with a dude and somebody died right um, then you know the there were there were very specific circumstances of what actually constituted murder versus well you know you got in a fight and These that's what happen. happens yeah and and one of the distinctions that's really important is you'll remember I said don't stab them unless they're an Italian mm-hmm This is actually something Meyer says in his fencing manual is when we're when we're fighting amongst each other as Germans, um, we want to use the edge rather than the point because the edge is is less inherently lethal.
1: Right. Your your intent is a a block or perhaps to push someone away. Whereas if you're stabbing someone, you're trying to enter them. You are trying to. Yeah. To yeah. fix them through. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. And, that and, makes sense.
0: And and codified into law mm-hmm. in some places was the idea that if the wound that killed somebody
2: mm-hmm.
0: was a slashing wound,
2: mm-hmm.
0: then the threshold was – was the legal threshold you'd crossed was lower than if it was a stabbing wound. If you wound up stabbing somebody to death mm-hmm. – you had to prove or have witnesses to prove for you, to state for you, that it was in self-defense. And, and one, of the, one of the things that, that would be a deal was, you know, a fight would start, and you'd you'd shout peace. And you'd shout peace again, and mm-hmm. you'd shout peace a third time. And if they didn't back the fuck off after you shouted peace a third time, mm-hmm. then legally— you could be considered in defense of your life when you said, all right, well, then in that case, it's the point for you.
1: Right. And that's where we get the idea because they could still try to sue you, but you said, I said peace three times, so it's a three-piece suit.
0: Ah. Nicely done.
1: Thank you. Now, I would also point out that stabbing is a much more surreptitious act. It's something that anybody can do. Slashing takes some training. So there's a bit of like, let's honor the the art of it kind of thing. And slashing, everybody can see. Stabbing is you could hit anybody from behind with that. Um, It's much harder to block a stab when you're in close quarters like that. Um, I, I think about Appalachia with this and I mean, they're big on knives too, but they (laughs) talk about, you know, Oh, I'm just going to do a little sticking. Um, and they'll stab a guy 30, 40 times before he gets to the ground. You know, it's, it's, but you know, it's, that's Appalachia.
0: Yeah. Well, in later, uh, later, later fighting manuals, Mm uh, when, when, you know, large scale militaries, you know, were, were the norm. Mm -hmm. And it was, we need to train all of our guys in, like all of our cavalrymen need to know how to use a cavalry sword. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a standardized, you know, this is the English manual for, or the British manual for cavalry fighting. Right. One of the, one of the things that became a truism was the point beats the edge. Yes. Because mechanically it's much faster to drive the point home than it is to you know you, you you inherently kind of telegraph your move with the edge. when you're slashing even yes. even if you're even if you're lightning quick you know somebody who is equally lightning quick is going to see what you're doing whereas with a point you can you know yeah you can get in there yeah.
1: and also if you push someone off their center <laughs> line with a, a stab they're still going to probably stab you like yes it's you know the yes. stab's going to yes. happen
0: yeah. yeah yeah um so in any event yeah. um and And so there's there's this this kind of assumption you know in, in in our society, generally speaking, the number of people who are really trained in how to use a weapon,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean here in the United States we're aberrant from the rest of the world. but the number of people still, even in in the you know gun crazy United States, the number of people that are really trained right. in in how to effectively use a combat weapon is very, very small. True. The number of people who knew at least a little bit about fighting with a sword in early modern Europe was much, much higher as a percentage of the population because of what I'm just talking about. Right. And so the preeminent school for learning all of this stuff Mm -hmm. for a century were the Marx Bruders. Okay. Okay. They were they were the organization, and their members of the Brotherhood of Saint Mark would you know travel to a town
2: mm-hmm.
0: and demonstrate, look you know Here's send, what we send do three, three or four who who are the best of your guys send them at me here we go and mm-hmm. I'll you know fend them off and whatever, and then get a license from the town council to open up a fencing school and that was what they did. Okay. Now they were not a monopoly. Okay. There were free fencers or free fighters who were not tied directly to the Marx-Bruder. They did practice their arts. They did teach people. But having a certificate from the Marx-Bruder made it a lot easier to get a town council to give you a license because you were you were affiliated with, right. with you know the Cadillac of, of school. So you had the imperial imprimatur. Yeah, I was going to say you also
1: have uh, like the empire's backing. You had governmental – Backing on this. yes, yeah.
0: Now, important distinction: mm-hmm. you had a governmental recognition mm-hmm. and a license from the government, but the emperor didn't pay them anything. The emperor didn't provide them with the buildings that they had their schools in. The they they were recognized by the emperor as these are the masters, mm-hmm. and legally speaking, they have this this privilege. But they were not agents of the Emperor. Okay. You get what I'm saying? I think so. They, they were not tied to the Imperial authority. They were individually Imperial subjects. Mm-hmm. But the organization of the Marx-Bruder was not a part of the court of the Emperor. They were not a part of the army. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm I'm thinking back to what this original uh, uh, the point of this podcast is, and yeah, yes. that makes a lot of sense.
0: It's a very important distinction from yeah the Jedi. Also, they are named for Saint Mark, mm-hmm. but they're not in any way, shape, or form a religious order. Um, they're they're named for the patron of what was you know the furriers guild um and and you know they had an affiliation with you know St Mary also but mm-hmm. that's because almost any kind of big organization like that in the early modern period did right and and so what they did was not mystical it was not religious it was very strictly look we're going to teach you how to fight with a sword
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you're going to be a burger you're going to be a merchant you're going to be Whatever your job is, mm-hmm. but you're also gonna know how to fight with a sword. And if you decide you want to become one of the Brotherhood of St. Mark, then we're gonna really teach you how to do this and you're gonna become a master. Okay. Okay. So that was the Marx Bruders. And then about a century after their founding in
2: 1575,
0: mm-hmm. um, the Frankfurt Council Gives license to an upstart fencing guild originally from Prague, okay. Called the Fector or Feather Fighters, uh, and of course the the Marchbruder uh, objected strenuously to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the Marxbruder, of course, had been affiliated with Saint Mark and mm-hmm. the Furriers. The Fector were associated with Saint Vitus, who was the patron of scribes. Okay. Which is where Feather Fighters comes from.
1: Right, because the... Quills. Yeah. yeah. So was the pen mightier than the sword?
0: Um, the fader factors would probably argue it was a 50-50 thing. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh,
0: and so the, the two guilds maintained a not always friendly rivalry well into the 17th century. And, and we do find that there were high-ranking masters from each one of these organizations that had positions at the courts of the Holy Roman emperors uh, into the 1600s into, you know, the late 1600s, early 1700s. Mm-hmm. But again, they had members of these organizations were part of the court, but those guys were consulted as being, well, you know, you're a high ranking member of the Fader What
2: mm-hmm. is your
0: opinion on this matter of swordsmanship, honor, dueling, whatever. Right. It wasn't, I am sending you as, you know, go, go to, go right. to the finger, fetch your Right. And go, you know, do this thing. And so, you know, if, if that had been what, what the Jedi looked like, then it could have been, okay, look, if you're force sensitive, these are the guys to go train you. Right. And we can train you to control your powers. We can train you how to do these things, how to be a healer, how to be, you know, a diplomat, how to, how to be, you know, how to, how to, how to use these things for your community, how to do mm-hmm. all this. And then if you really want to, and you decide that you really want to commit yourself to no, no, this is what I'm going to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Then you can be a Jedi. Right. And this is, this is what that's going to mean. And this is, this is how that's going to look. And, and, you know, imagine the stories we could have gotten out of that. Oh Yeah. You know, um, you know, well, you know, he's 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 studied under the Jedi. You know, he knows how to do these things, but you know, everybody in the community knows him as, you know
1: a moisture farmer. Yeah, counselor, yeah, yeah. You know, you know.
0: Yeah. And and but but that isn't what we got from Lucas. Right. Um instead, you know, he saw Jidageki, Mm -hmm. saw Knight Errantry. And, and got stuck on night. Yeah. And we got a Jedi Order that looks like a funhouse Mirror version of <laughs> the Knight Templar.
1: That is a lot to unpack, and I would like us to have a full episode mm-hmm. to do that. Okay. So why don't we stop it there? All right. Um and uh and bring it back for the next week's uh episode because okay. I I studied a lot about the Templars uh okay. when I was uh, right. uh, so. just barely a grad student. So it'll be fun to see what I've forgotten. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, uh if anybody wants to argue with you about uh the Meyer Lansky school of pikemen, um I I don't remember names as well. Uh, where can they find you on the social medias?
0: Oh Lord. Okay. So if you, if you want to get Italian on me and stab me virtually, uh, over, over stuff I've undoubtedly gotten wrong, um, then you can find me on, uh, Twitter at EH Blaylock Mm -hmm. and, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Blaylock um if you want to take issue with the egregious level of hideous punning that that got done in this particular episode uh you can you can yell at both of us which wouldn't quite be fair but you can still do it <laughs> at geek history time on twitter and now if they want to yell at you over it which would be fair <laughs> Where can they find you?
1: They can find me on Insta and Twitter at Duh Harmony. Uh, Two H's in the middle. Duh Harmony. Uh, You can also find me every Tuesday night uh, on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. It's been four years in the running. Uh, Myself and Daniel Humberger and Mark Berg, two Sacramento local comedians, put on a pun tournament for your enjoyment. Uh, Get on there and suggest things to us and we will make you laugh. Even harder than Ed hit his head tonight. So uh, that's that's where you can find uh, find me and find us. All so, right. All right. Well, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damian Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blalock. Blaylock. And until next time, uh, remember, uh, hatred, uh, fear leads to hatred. Hatred leads to suffering. And suffering leads to, I don't know how to end this.